I didn't get you anything. That's okay. Your presence is present enough. But seriously, nothing? It's manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. Well, ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Hello. Hi. A sleepy evening. Hey, sleepy evening. That's nothing. That's nothing. Ah, man, folks, baby dot did not sleep good. Yeah, we're crossing our fingers or whatever it is people do now. Crossing our fingers and a stump in our feet singing, do, 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 Oh, no. It's going to be a weird one. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we've talked about this before because we've done holiday shopping episodes before. We have. What kind of, uh, like, gift giver are you? Um... Well, first of all, I firmly believe that a gift isn't something that you earn or deserve. You give someone a gift because you want to show them how much you appreciate them, not how much they've done for you or, you know, uh, it's not it's not a tip on their their wages. It is a freely given gift. Also, I like it when people make lists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know, ugh, the thing is, now in my late, in my twilight years. Your what? In my twilight years. That's here at the end, is. here at the end of my life. Nope. I enjoy the list in a practical sense. Mm-hmm. There's still a part of me that remains that's like, yes, but what if I solved the mystery of you um, that wants to like find the thing that you would never think to ask for that but fits into your life like a missing cog in a machine. But the thing is, is uh, for most adults, that doesn't exist. And if it does, they own it. Yeah, already. that's the thing, right? We We pretty much have all the things that we need. It's just something that we didn't know we need. That now, to be fair, th- that is a fairly privileged position to be able to say, like, I have everything I need, so there's nothing I can ask for. But for me, it's more like thinking, like, ah, I bet that person wants a terrarium. I don't know, something like that. Or it's just like <laughs> I don't want a terrarium. Right. If they wanted a terrarium, they'd probably have a terrarium by now, or they would have asked you for a terrarium. I know. You know? It's it's a uh, you know, it's a it's a fine, fine tight rope line. Sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> but I like more and more when someone you know what I like the gifts I like to give now? The ones you ask for? No, the ones I like to give. Oh, sorry. The experience. Experience. When someone's yeah. like, I want to take a cooking class. Now that's a lot harder this year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of apps. That's true. That you is can, true. You can buy a subscription to an app that you will show the, you how to cook. What are the Masterclass? The yeah. Masterclass series? So we're talking about holiday gift shopping. And I know we've talked about it before, but uh, the fact of the matter is it's a big one. 
Right. It's a big topic because there's a lot of places to go wrong. Mm, well, so I think that we've talked more on the the physical gifting than we have on the actual acquisition of gifts. Like the shopping part. The shopping part. That's right. Okay. So that's what we are going to talk about today. When did people start buying things? Okay. That was um, a while ago, right? I'm going to say at least <laughs> 50 years ago. So probably between the 2nd and 8th centuries BCE, um, long before any Europeans had ever traveled to America, uh, this is when we start seeing the root of winter gift giving. So like around this time. But, you know, we've talked a lot about the great Christian rebrand. Yeah. Uh, so there were, it, it wasn't really like a Christmas time festival yet. No, but it makes complete sense when you think about it, right? Because the time when you would need generosity from others mm-hmm. is both when there's a scarcity of resources, like yeah. in the cold months, and when you are feeling most disconnected from one another, like you would when it's cold outside and you're not traveling as much, you're not spending as much time outside your domicile or whatever. And so it's a lot more of like, I'm going to go check on this other person Mm -hmm. and make sure that they're doing okay and take them some stuff if they need some stuff. It makes sense why you wouldn't have a gift-giving ceremony as much in like the summer. Because you have bounty the summer's harvest and you don't need an excuse to go see people (laughs) so um these were kind of like large community events uh different pagan festivals harvest festivals Mm -hmm. things like that so the gifts were very simple and often reflected the spiritual aspects of the season things like candles earthenware figures um, other handcrafted goods were offered to family and close friends to symbolize the strength of their bond. I'll say it once again. If you're looking, if you look at the calendar, if you look at the Northern Hemisphere, you know, U.S. calendar especially, all of, like, the majority of our, like, celebrations fall within certain periods of time. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason, my theory as to why there's so many during cold months is that, like, when do you need cheering up? When do you need a festival? You need it during the cold months. And when's the best time to celebrate? Well, that's the middle of summer. So you have like Christmas, Halloween, uh, Thanksgiving. You have all these things as it's getting colder. And then you have stuff like Fourth of July, Labor Day, and stuff when it's really nice out and you want to go outside. It's not as much during the spring. It's not as much during like September because it's like, eh, it's fine. It's all okay. Sure. That's my theory. Please don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I mentioned the Great Christian Rebrand. This is about the 17th century. Um, Holiday celebrations were becoming incredibly popular. A lot of the pagan traditions had already been incorporated into the winter celebration of the Christian faith. Uh Um, The tree. The Yule log. Yeah. And we've talked about this. Um, And... These included gift giving. Um, and let me tell you, Christmas was bananas in the 1600s, especially oh. in England. 
How so? Oh, was this like the figgy puddings and the where, oh, where, yeah. where people were going from house to house and like threatening people? I think I've talked about this before too. It was chaotic. They had right. like they had to make laws. Uh, they outlawed Christmas mm-hmm. because it was full of feasting and drinking and gambling and dancing and music and indulgence and sweets and gifts and all that kind of stuff that the Puritans. That sounds way cooler, by the way. Uh, I'm just saying, not 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 the like I'm going to rob your house if you. You don't give me some figgy pudding because I sang outside. But just the like, hey, it's a wild party time and nobody's worried about what color cups the coffee shop is selling. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, and the Puritans, especially Oliver Cromwell. That guy. Uh, we've talked about this, that kind of Christmas celebration in also like the birthday celebrations, yeah. right? Where there is none. There's nothing. There's nothing. Everything was against the law. Um. So we somehow made it past that. Let's yeah. just skip it. <laughs> yeah. Skip that. Skip that <laughs> sad, sad, sad time. That was and, me. Fast forward. Huh? Oh, yes. Okay. Lead back into the Reformation. Okay. Um, they reformed Christmas. Well, they reformed the, the uh, English crown was reformed. After Cromwell's death. Okay. Um, and so things that had happened during his kind of, I guess, I guess coup, his, his reign, but not a king, um, were very Protestant, right? Yes. Puritan. And because a lot of the Christmas celebrations were associated with the Catholic Church, once the Reformation came in, uh, England started to get their Christmas back. Okay. And that's how England got its Christmas back. <laughs> the the newest holiday movie. Mm-hmm. I'd watch that, actually. There's probably some movies. That, okay, it's not important. Right, 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 right. Um, and the thing that really came back uh, with with Gusto was the giving, gift giving. I can see that, yes. Um, a lot Especially, of, as you said, yeah. with the Christian rebrand, right. we're saying Jesus is the gift to Earth. Let mm-hmm. us celebrate all that plus Jesus' birthday. We're going to give them for birthday gifts and the wise men bringing present. There's a lot of uh, excuses to give gifts in a Christian Christmas. Exactly. Um, And this was like the one tradition that really kind of bridged the gap between the Reformation and uh, what? I just think it's funny this idea of people like, no, we will stolidly celebrate. I mean, I do like stuff. <laughs> I would, if you want to give me some, that's fine. No cakes, <laughs> no candles, no singing. But, I mean, if you want to give me a present, I'm not going to say no. Money, please. Money, please. Uh, so Christmas didn't return to its full splendor until uh, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Yes, of course. In in England. Now, it was still being incorporated within the Christian church and, you know, the culture of other places, especially in Europe. Um, but so here is, here's something that really kind of, I think, speaks to the season. And this is written by Queen Victoria. Christmas, I always look upon as a most dear and happy time. Also for Albert, who enjoyed it naturally still more in his happy home, which mine certainly as a child was not, it is a pleasure to have this blessed festival associated with one's 
happiest days. The very smell of the Christmas trees are pleasant memories. To think we have already two children now and one who already enjoys the sight, it seems like a dream. I was transported. That oh, was, good. That was uh, transportive, transportative, transportative, transportation of. Yep, the transporter. Right. Uh, so at that time, Christmas uh, is has returned. Christmas to the yep. return. Christmas to the christening. <laughs> uh, all right. Up until the 19th century, handmade gifts were still the rage, right? Um, We have talked about how there were a lot of kind of rules over how much money you could spend on a gift and making it was seen as better. Uh, Hand favors, you know, like embroideries or um, like hand, uh, hand, what is that, stripped quills or, you know, things like that. Things that everybody needed but you could make very nicely by hand were still around really until the 19th century. Well, I, I think as you're thinking about those things, right, it's it's stuff that could all be handmade but were probably a pain mm-hmm. to do. So it was like, hey, you don't have to do this. I did it. And not only is it something that they needed, but the present was also like, you don't have to do this yourself. Exactly, yeah. exactly. This is time I spent doing something so you don't have to. Right. Please write me a love letter. Okay. With the time that you saved. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yes. For a second, I thought that was just directed at me. (laughs) I would like a love letter, yes. Okay, fine. I'll write another one. (laughs) Sidebar. This is also about the time that wrapping paper began to be a thing. Um, Usually gifts just kind of like sat out unwrapped and you had to like look at them until it was time to to get them i guess oh i can't even imagine now we've started to get some stuff in the mail that are bb's presents and she's like well let me just look at them and we're like and we had to explain it to a four-year-old like that's not how that works can you imagine Mm -hmm. if they were just sitting there under the tree and she was like i can see it just let me have it and we're like no no child we must arbitrarily wait three more weeks no 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 Around this time is when wrapping paper started to come in. Now it was it was usually still like kind of like brown shop paper, right? Um, but at this point, it was starting to be decorated with all kinds of like handicrafts and you know, cut flowers and stamps and drawings and and things like that. So wrapping paper begins begins its blossoming at this point. And it makes complete sense if you think about it from like. Once again, both branding, but also psychologically, right? Because mm-hmm. if I'm going to get something that I need, like say, uh, you know, a carved wooden toy, right, okay. or a, a blanket, um, very practical or very like you know fun, but not flashy, right? And so, how do you flash it up? How do you make it a decorative thing to look at under the tree? Make it more special without having to like spend a ton of money. Ah, uh, we're going to craft it up and make put some a bird f- on it. We're going to put a bird on it. Yeah. We're going to put some fancy paper on it. You know, spend a little bit of money and more time into decorating it, mm-hmm. and now it looks even fancier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, eighteen forty-three is when Charles Dickens published a Christmas Carol. Um, it was it was a, a, a smash bang hit. Sure. Um, and another one we've been trying to explain recently, yeah. baby. And she's like, "Why is he like money?" And we're like, "I eventually got to a point because we were having this like cyclical." Like, <laughs> she was like, "Why is he like money?" I was like, "Well, he likes money more than people. Why? 
Because he could buy things with money. Yeah, but why does he like money? Because he could buy things. Well, yeah, but who's he buying for? And it just kept going. And yeah. eventually I said, imagine if instead of money it was candy. And he kept all the candy. He wouldn't give it to anybody. And she was like, what? <laughs> no, that is wrong. The currency of sugar. And she totally understood that. Um, And it is featured heavily in A Christmas Carol, the the gifts that are given um, amongst each other and, you know, how it's, you know, there's some sort of sacrifice sometimes for gifts. And that's how Scrooge at the end really shows that he's changed. He gives everybody presents, you know, that kind of stuff. You know me. I am a sucker for that moment. The one that always sticks out to me is in Muppet Christmas Carol, when Beaker hands the scarf to Michael Caine as Scrooge, and he says, a gift? A gift for me? Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that it's like the first time in a long time yeah. anybody has just been moved to like give something to Scrooge because like they wanted to, not because right. they had to. And it's such a turning point of like reciprocity of kindness that like that moment where it's just like he's suddenly realizing like, oh, I feel good about this thing because I did something nice and you did something nice back for me. That's and this right. is the best I felt in a long time. It's wonderful. Best Christmas time. Carol ever. Well, it's tied. It's tied for 1970s Albert Finney Scrooge. Which is a wonderful version. If no one's seen it, the songs are amazing. Now, admittedly, Muppet Christmas Carol is more fun. I mean, it's Muppets. It's better. It's easier to watch with kids. Yes, this is absolutely true. <laughs> the 1970 Scrooge is very dark. Okay. All right. Now, here is the big moment in oh, United, I can't wait, but United you know, States history. But first, a thing you know for our sponsor. Listen, we're all different. Every single one of us is an individual, and that means we need an individual beauty routine, something that's as unique as us. And for that, let me recommend Function of Beauty. I have used their hair care products for a while now. I've got uh, the shampoo. I've got the conditioner, I've got a leave-in conditioner, I've got a hair mask, and I've got a hair serum. One, all of them smell amazing. Two, all of them do exactly what I want. And three, none of them do things I don't want, like dry out my hair or make my scalp itch. None of that stuff, right? And I have a pretty sensitive scalp. I'm not gonna lie, it's 2020, I can admit it, I got a sensitive scalp. And so I went through the Function of Beauty quiz and told them what I needed, said I had a sensitive scalp, said that my hair was dyed purple, all of those things, even said what fragrance I wanted. And then I got a personalized formula that was blended, bottled, and sent right to my door in cute, customized bottle that's a Function of Travis, which is one of my favorite things about it because... I like my own name. Functional Beauty uses only clean ingredients, and all of their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. So, what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com schmanners to take your quiz and save 20% off your first hair care order. Go to functionofbeauty.com schmanners to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 20% off your hair care order. That's functionofbeauty.com Slash Schmanners. Schmanners is sponsored in part this week by Billy. Self-care and routines are more important now than ever. Whatever you're using to get ready for the day should make you feel amazing. Meet Billy for those days when you need an extra smooth shave. No pink tax, no visit to the drugstore, and no breaking the bank. Now I don't share I don't shave every day, but when I do shave 
I need it, right? Because and you want that close shave. I do, I do, and it it just sometimes after I shave, it just feels so nice to cross one thing off my list. That is true. You know, isn't it nice to be able to do one one thing, thing just one thing? Uh, go to mybilly.com and get their starter kit for just nine dollars. It's so affordable and includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and a magnetic holder. Uh, I have to say, I love the shaving lotion. Mm. It it smells so wonderful. It is super, super soft. Does that make sense? The lotion is soft? The yeah. lotion is soft. Better it go- than a hard lotion. It goes on well, smooth, nice. <laughs> And they just launched new limited edition bundles for their best sellers for the first time ever. They make a good gift and they come wrapped and ready. So to express a little love for our show, go to mybilly.com slash schmanners. It's a small way you can support us while getting the best razor you'll ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash schmanners, spelled mybilli dot com slash schmanners. We've got a personal message here for future Joseph from past Joseph. Hey, it's May 2020 right now, and things aren't great. Also, I've just started listening to Schmanners, so it's going to be a while before I get caught up to this message. Hope the world still exists in the future. Good news, Joseph. It does. Also, hi to Aaron the Red, who listens. You bring me as much joy as these macroids. Oh, thank you so much, past Joseph. Hi, Aaron, and hi, future Joseph. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh, probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Tell me of this big moment, Teresa. June 26th. I remember it well. 1870. No, it wasn't there. The United States declared December 25th a national holiday. Oh, okay. I guess, I mean, I have no scope of time. (laughs) I can't tell if that's sooner or later than I expected. Okay, well, so we've, we've talked about in different communities, Christmas was either like celebrated or not celebrated, depending upon the religion, like that had set up the village or whatever. Remember about how we talked about getting up on Christmas and it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. What year was it? This was 1870. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's only been a couple of years since the Civil War, huh? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's pretty early if you want to think about it. I, I, I don't know why, but in my head it was like you had said, 1992. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this is just in time for the Industrial Revolution in right. the United States. And so now we had things that were being produced. We had money. We could buy things to give to people. And not just practical things. You could buy, because of the Industrial Revolution, it lowered Mm -hmm. the cost of production 
on like fanciful items. Exactly. And also with the Industrial Revolution, not long after came catalogs, mm-hmm. right? Because you could mass produce things and someone could look in a catalog and say like, oh, this dress, oh, uh, this razor, oh, this thing, I want that. Instead of just the things that were practical that, you know, you need, I guess a dress and a razor are practical, but you know what I mean. Right, yeah. In 1858, America got its first, uh, sorry, the U.S. got its first department store when Macy's was founded. So we're right there. Yeah. And and so at this point, you start to have uh, items that are purely for consumption. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, we could get by without this thing. But if I have this thing, I will feel special. I will feel fancy. Um, And this is also the advent of the middle class in the United States. So more people had more money to buy cheap things and give to other people. And they also had free time. Right. Right. So now. They could go shopping. And the things that they would want, they could want for hobbies. Yes. They could say like, oh, you know what? I I want something to go along with this thing I do for fun Mm -hmm. and not just the thing I need for work or the home. And you wanted to show off that stuff that you could have for fun, uh, which was big in the Victorian era, of course, because you wanted to show how cool and awesome you were. And the more that you could show it, the cooler you were. Yep. In the early 20th century, consumer spending during the holiday season was such a commercial powerhouse that it became the main economic driver in the U.S. By 1903... Things had gotten so bonkers that the Consumer League of New York launched a nationwide marketing campaign in an attempt to relieve the long hours retail staff worked over the holiday season. They began to call on customers to start their seasonal shopping earlier, uh, which is how like part of the Black Friday thing, part of the Black Friday thing we talked about last time. Um, and just like spread it out so that it's not so hard on people working like the night before Christmas. Yes. The, the mad dash as you will, as it will happen. I will, I will say, I talked about it last week, uh, but it's some of the, I remember working a Christmas, I think it was a Christmas Eve at Best Buy and it was strangely practically empty. Really? Like all day. I remember a friend of mine, Trey and I, um, played over the headset the whole time that we were like hunting each other throughout the <laughs> store and we kept getting yelled at and then we just respond like there's nobody here and they just made a switch to a different channel to continue our game uh, yeah. yeah i've never worked retail i know teresa we talked about it what i know from movies and tv is that it's always super crazy because people leave their shopping for the last minute yeah but i i think that after a certain while like I don't know. Yes, but like they would come in in the morning. There would be people. It wasn't that there weren't people there, but we'd like close at like, you know, 2 p.m. or whatever. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So here is if the, if we're growing the shopping curve, uh-huh. the 1950s is where it begins to exponentially accelerate. Well, yeah, this is post-World War II. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, if you look at it, of like plastics is now a thing. That's number one. And number two is television. Oh, yeah. You can advertise toys. Exactly. The, the commercial uh, sponsorships of programs. Everyone's sitting around the TV watching the same thing. Kids see the toy on the TV, say, Mom, Dad, I want that for Christmas. And, and you know, up till that point, the commercials have been radio, which mm-hmm. at a certain age, kids aren't really like 
processing what they hear in a visual way where when you see it, you're like, oh, that's yeah. it. That's the thing. Um, and so this led the way for the big box store where the kind of like culmination of we can buy everything at one place, right? For the Christmas season, you can get your decorations, you can get your uh, your wrapping paper, your presents, your food, like all of this stuff at the same place uh, in 1962. Meyer Superstore was founded in Michigan, which is the first big box store in the United States that sold all those things, toys, housewares. Food, everything in between. Um, and by the time the 90s rolled around, we had Amazon and eBay. Yep. Right? Uh, so now. And you the... know what really helped with that, especially eBay? Beanie Babies, yep. Furbies, Tickle Me Elmo, all of that resale started to become a thing where it's like, oh, if I can get my hand on 10 of these, I resell them for a profit on eBay. And now I have more money to use to buy Christmas presents or, you know, pay bills or whatever. Exactly. And now it's estimated that eight and 10 uh, consumers in eight, eight out of 10. There it is. You said eight of ten. I understand what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Eight out of ten uh, consumers in the United States research and buy gifts online on their smartphones. I mean, I will say that was another thing because uh, so the years I was working Best Buy, I mean, you know, once you get into like, yeah, 2008, 9, 10 when I was working there, that's when people would come in, ask us all the questions, and then you would see them immediately pull up Amazon on their phone and walk out the front door. And you're like, okay, um, bye. Okay. You know, here here's what I'll say. Ethically, there's a lot of issues with Best Buy, right? Especially when you start to get into the, you know, wealth uh, inequality of Bezos and people like that. Mm -hmm. Now, but convenience-wise, especially nowadays, this year, where it's like, I can't go to the store. I can't go do that thing. Right. And then when you also get into cost of stuff, like, you mentioned, like, the big bo the box store being, like, a culmination of it. But I think, like... Everything has been funneling more towards, like, online shopping. Right. And what's really interesting is, having worked retail the years that I did, I saw the, like, it, the like cross, right? Where it was, like... Crossfade. Right. Where it was, like, brick-and-mortar stores were losing business to Amazon hand over fist. So that's when you started to see BestBuy.com become right. a thing. And Walmart.com become a thing. And, like... Up until then, it would have been like, oh, mom and pop shops are losing out to Walmart and Best Buy and Target and stuff. And then it was like, well, now they're losing out to Amazon. And I don't know what the next thing will be that consumes Amazon. Maybe it'll be like, we're all sleeping and in our dreams we get new presents. I don't know. <laughs> but like, it is interesting the way that that all breaks down. Hey, do you want to do some questions? I would love to. Excellent. Let's do some questions. Questions. We've got very practical questions, very good questions, and I'm not killing. Here we go. Um, <laughs> this is from Chris Bay Mon. My stepdad and I don't get along. I went to get my mother something for the holidays, but I feel no obligation to get him anything. She disagrees and thinks I'm being rude. Is there a hard rule for family gift giving? Uh, no, 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 there isn't a hard rule. Um, but here's the way that you can get around it. Mm hmm. Um, you can give something to your mother that they will in turn use for 
the house. Your, the house yeah. that your stepfather lives in, right? So if your if your mom likes to cook, get her some cookware or or baking stuff, you know, things that can be masqueraded as a group present. Yeah. That really are just for her. But you know, here's what I will say and this is, you know, we talk a lot on Schmanners about what is, like, the difference between, like, etiquette and being polite and yes. that kind of thing. And, like, of course, the polite thing, the quote-unquote capital P polite thing is to get presents for the members of your family that will be there. Yes. That's a thing that you choose to do to avoid confrontation and avoid issues and all that thing. Right. We always talk about how you need to think about what this relationship means to you. Right. And if your relationship with your mother means enough to you that you don't want to, oh, sorry, you don't want to make this uh, a thing, yes. capital T thing. That's what I'm really saying. Because it's not like, well, you have to get him something because of your relationship with your stepdad. No. It's more that if you have a good relationship with your mom and you love your mom and you don't want it to be a thing, you do need to like figure a way around it, right? Yes. Um, this next question is from Moody Dog Lady. Is it rude to just straight up ask someone if they want a gift that's more practical or sentimental? I don't think so. No. Um, I am always uh, happy to elaborate to people what sort of things I would I would enjoy receiving, um, and I think that there's a way that you can you can broach the subject instead of saying, "Do you want something practical or sentimental?" You can say, uh, "Our our time means a lot to me." I would like to make you something. What do you think about that? Or or something like that, right? Or, I mean, here's the thing. If you know the person well enough that you have to make this decision, I think you are within your right. I think maybe offer a third option where you say, would you like something more practical, more sentimental, or do you want to be surprised? Right? Oh, that's a great idea. I do not like surprises. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? Frankly, neither do I. And like, so I like when people ask me questions like this um, and say, like, well, would you like something like this, something like this? And it's like, yeah, great. I don't want to be surprised. I want something that I'll actually use. Mm -hmm. um, and, you you know, and I think that you can, you know, you can kind of uh, dance around it just a little bit if you want. Talk about your new hobbies. What are you into? What have you dropped off lately? Yeah, but I you feel know, like we're saying two different things. Is you're saying, like, the way to be sneaky about it if you're worried about being rude. I'm saying that I'm willing to bet if they're anything like me and who isn't, <laughs> then they probably want to just tell you what they want. And what I'm saying is, yes, and. Okay. Um, so let's see. This is from uh, Load Starting. Is it better to get something someone asked for or get something you know they'd like, but it'd be more of a surprise? It depends. Does that person like surprises? And if they asked for a thing, this is, this is, if... Okay. I think it all depends on how they asked and what they asked for and how they did it, right? If they, for example, made a wish list and said, here are some ideas, mm -hmm. here are some suggestions if, you know, you're looking for something. If they said, this is what I want. Like, I asked Bibi today, like, what would you like Santa Claus to give you? And she gave me a very detailed answer. <laughs> And, like, so in that circumstance, that wasn't a suggestion for me no. to, like, take and run with. That was, like, thank you for asking, Father. As you can see, I've written out a detailed <laughs> list. And so, like, that is, That's like, one of the things about writing letters to Santa. Right. Um, you know, it not only uh, 
makes you figure out what it is exactly you want. It's a it's a great jumping off point for other gifts. Yes. Given. But if they were like, you know, if if you can't think of anything else, here is a like a wish list, mm-hmm. then I think you have room to maneuver. You have room to play with. You know what I mean? But I think the 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 tricky needle of the thread, and this is something that I think a lot of people, including myself, struggle with, is when you're getting a surprise present for someone, you have to remember that you are buying something for them to enjoy, not something that you would enjoy, and so you assume they would too. Mm. And that's a very, that can be really hard sometimes to even realize you're thinking that way. This is something I used to accidentally do for my brothers all the time, where I'd be like, oh, I think this is cool, and so they will too. Yeah. And you have to think like, nope, they're different people than I am with different wants and needs and everything, and like... I really need to make sure that I'm buying this because I think they'll like it, not because I like it. Um, This is from Grace. Imagine we had a more typical holiday season. How would someone give gifts to a handful of school uh, friends in school while not making other people upset and uncomfortable? Um, I, I, I would recommend, if this is the plan, make a plan of saying, like, you know, text around before school or... I don't know, instant message. No, no one does that anymore. But say like, <laughs> hey, let's meet up at lunch to do a gift exchange, right? Exactly. Um, the The worst idea is to go to a, an event that you know is going to be full of the people that you don't want to give gifts to, yeah. right? So make a plan to make it uh, just between the gifts and giver and receiver. Well, and not only that, I mean, if you've got presents for your group of friends and maybe you have in the past all exchanged gifts before or you, you know, could safely assume they're probably going to get something for you too, you want to make a plan so they know to bring this stuff. Exactly. So then it's not like, oh, I, oh, my, it's at home. Oh, I know. Speaking of which, uh-huh. um, if someone surprises you with a gift, uh, you can say something like, I'm so flattered and delighted, but I'm a little embarrassed that I don't have anything in return, right? Um, you you needn't say like, oh, I totally have something for you. I just don't have it with me. That whole thing makes everything awkward. So cut right to the chase and say, "I'm. this is how I feel about this gift. It's amazing. Also, I am embarrassed that I don't have anything for you to reciprocate with. Yes. And that is where you can, in normal times, offer, can we go spend some time together? Can we I'll go take you to dinner? Take like you to dinner. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? What are you doing right now? Do you want to go watch a movie? Like any of that well, kind of I stuff, right? Well, I think you right? can say, like, now that I realize we're exchanging gifts, let me think about it and see what I can come up with for you. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, but I don't think you need to lie. <laughs> no. Like, oh, you know, oh, my other pants uh, had a car for you? Oh, no. <laughs> um, let's see. This is, uh, I think this is a straightforward one. I got a straightforward one and a tough one. You ready? Okay. So, at Catboy Damon asks, where do you begin to shop for the person who always insists they don't need anything when you ask what they'd like? I think this is where an experience is great. Right. Of like, okay, cool, I got you this online thing. Uh, a, a consumable, like food, mm-hmm. uh, is great then because it's like, okay, great. Even if you don't want it, it's not going to take up room on a shelf while you feel bad about throwing it away. It's like, yeah, if they don't eat it, they throw it away. Um, and if they're the right kind of person that would enjoy this kind of thing, you can always donate money in their name. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing that I like when people do for me. 
uh, now, not when I was a kid, God knows. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah. I, and I, in this age of online shopping, uh, as kind of because we don't want to go outside, um, I think that this is the year where gift cards are totally okay. Yep. Because gift card is no longer a here you go out and find something you like errand. Now it's you're going to surf the webs anyway. Here's some some play money for that. Indeed. Now here's the tough one. Okay. Sarah asks, is there a polite way to ask for a gift receipt after receiving a gift? Uh, Let's make a PSA that if, you give someone a gift, include the gift receipt. Yes, yes, but especially if it's not something they asked for, right? Um, and uh, so here is my answer, and you tell me what you think. But I think you'll like it because we've been doing this for a while, and I've known you for over a decade. Okay. So when you receive a gift, you are not thanking the person for the physical thing you are receiving. You are thanking them. For the time, effort, all of that that they took to get that thing for you. The thought that, that counts, counts. Right? And so I would say what you want to do is let that moment live. Be careful with your words mm-hmm. and say things like, I, I thank you so much for getting this for me. All the, you know, I really appreciate you getting me this gift. Not saying, I love it, I'll use it forever, I'll cherish it, any of those things. Because those might be lies. And then when the moment is over, when the gift exchange is over, when Christmas morning is over, maybe take them to the side and say, I really do appreciate this. But this isn't my style if it's clothing, or I'm allergic to this if it's food. I mean, if you are, I assume. Or like, I already have one of these, all of those things, and say, is there any way that I, you know, do you have a gift receipt so that I can exchange it so that I'm still able to enjoy not only your thoughtfulness, but also the present? I think that is beautiful, Travis Patrick McElroy. Yeah, nailed it. Work. I nailed it. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Ah. Um, so, yeah, folks, hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, coming up, oh, this is very exciting. Coming up, we have a Candle Nights, well, I was about to say live show, but that's not the case. See, in the past. Pre-recorded extravaganza. Indeed. In the past, we've done Candle Nights in our, oh, my hometown of Huntington, West Virginia. But, of course, this year we're not able to. We're not able to travel. We're, we don't want people getting together in a big group. So we're doing, as Teresa said, a pre-recorded extravaganza on December 19th. It's going to start showing at 8 p.m. Uh, it's going to include video segments from My Brother, My Brother, Me, Sawbones, Schmanners, Wonderful, Still Buffering, and Special Guest, which, yes. Super, like, super special tr- guest. Trust me, y'all. We're calling some favors, and we got some cool people for this. You're going to like it. Uh, tickets are pay what you want. Uh, with a $6.25 minimum. So what that means is you can get a dollar uh, ticket for $6.25, but he would like to give more you can because proceeds are going to Harmony House, which helps people who are experiencing homelessness in our home city of Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, Sydney works with them a lot. Uh, it's a great organization. You can get those tickets at bit.ly slash candlenights2020. Um, so please do that. Not only experiencing homelessness, but also maybe experiencing uh, food scarcity. Yeah. Um, uh, 
if they don't have maybe a, a medical facility that they can go to, Harmony House is a really fantastic organization. Uh, we also have some new merch uh, out, and the first one is, uh, I think it's really cool. It's a Festo pin of the <laughs> month from the Adventure Zone. Do the voice. It's me, Festo! Hey, everybody, it's Festo! Uh, that'll make a lot more sense if you listen to the Adventure Zone graduation. Uh, but that pin of the month benefits the Transgender Law Center, which employs a variety of community-driven strategies to keep transgender and gender non-conforming people alive, thriving, and fighting for liberation. Uh, we also have a new Thunderman LLC patch, which will also make a lot more sense if you listen to the Adventure Zone graduation. We still have the Candle Nights merch available. All of that at MacRoyMerch.com. You can pre-order our book. Uh, go to the macroypodcastbook.com. That's our how-to podcast book. You can pre-order The Adventure Zone Crystal Kingdom, which is book four of the graphic novel series. You can get that at theadventurezonecomic.com. The Sawbones book comes out in paperback December 29th. Uh, it's newly revised and updated for 2020. You can get that at bit.ly slash sawbones paperback. And one last thing, uh, the My Brother, My Brother, and Me Angels are back. Basically, how that works is in our hometown of Huntington, West Virginia, there's a list that goes out every year called Empty Stockings. And it's something where people say, um, oh, this is what my family needs this year. And it's practical things, sometimes like winter coats or a new refrigerator or a tent to sleep in. Uh, some of them are incredibly heartbreaking. And a couple years back, some uh, my brother, my brother and me fans took it wholly upon themselves to fulfill all of those. Um, and ever since then, they have been doing an amazing job making sure all of those empty stockings got filled. It has nothing to do with us and fully to do with the charitable hearts of our listeners. But it is a great way to give back to the town that gave us the McElroy brothers. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, that's fine. Uh, you can go to mbmbamangels.com to claim a stocking and to help out. Uh, let's see. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentel Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, we thank Kayla M. Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art. At SchmannersCast is where we get all of those wonderful listener-submitted questions. Thank you to Brewhop Eddie Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group. Join that group, Schmanners Fanners, if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans. And please, please continue to send in your topic suggestions, your idiom suggestions to SchmannersCast at gmail.com, our lovely researcher and, and scriptwriter, and, and all, all around, around cool person. Great gal. Uh, Alex checks and reads all of those. And thank you, Alex, for your help on this show. Uh, and I think that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.